Hey there, Sports History fan. Arnie Chapman here from the Sports History Network. Now, before you jump into this episode, I wanted to share with you an exciting giveaway we have going on with Homefield Apparel. We have a digital $50 gift card to homefieldapparel.com for one lucky fan of the Sports History Network. All you got to do is head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways to sign up. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, old sports. Welcome back to the Hello, Old Sports podcast here on the Sports History Network. We're going to get right into it today. So before we begin, I just want to, as always, remind you all to subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. I'd like to ask you to give us a rating on iTunes if you haven't done that yet. I would like you to follow us on Facebook, Hello, Old Sports podcast. And of course, you can always email us at Sports at gmail.com. I'm Dan Newman. I'm joined, as always, by Andrew Newman, my co-host. And we are here to talk about the starting fives for the all-time starting fives for each of the 15 teams in the NBA's Western Conference. We did the Eastern Conference in the last episode, and now it is time for the West. Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Dan. Um to pull the curtain back a little, we did the Eastern Con- They're going to air in order, but we did the Eastern Conference actually several weeks ago because we had had some other stuff to record in the middle and different breaks and stuff. So, um, you know, it's 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 been a little bit more of a lag. A lot of times when we record these episodes that are similar themes, we do them either all in one night or in consecutive, you know, episodes. So this one is uh, is a little broken out, but that's that's maybe a good thing to kind of come to it at a. Uh, a fresh angle. We're also having a rare daytime recording session. Usually we record an evening, a weekday evening, usually a Wednesday or Thursday. Today is actually a, a Saturday afternoon. It's bright and sunny outside, although at least around here, we had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It was very nice, especially the last two days. It was in the high 60s, almost 70 degrees in you know early March. And then today it's uh, it's sunny out but it's back to the low 40s so i'm not too sad to just look at it out the window so (laughs) yeah it's a little warmer here but uh but not much um all right so why don't we go right ahead and get into this and the the western conference the divisions are a little bit less intuitive it's kind of you know in the in the east you kind of you know you just kind of realize who the central is who the southwest is and who the Atlantic is in the um, in the West. You've got the um, the the Pacific Division, which is the Lakers, Clippers, Suns, Warriors, and Kings. And then you've got the is it the Midwest Division that has Utah and Portland and uh, Denver, OKC, and Minnesota. Yeah, it's it, and it's the one division is really insane is the Midwest Division. But when you do the math, unfortunately, there's not a great way to do it in the Western Conference if you're going to break teams out into threes like or three divisions of five because intuitively you go okay the two Cali- the the four California teams would probably be all together so then you say all right if you're going to take the two LA teams the Warriors and the Kings and add a fifth team well Portland makes sense because it's the West Coast but then that leaves you 
you know, Utah, Phoenix, Denver is three, but then where do you go from there? And you got the Texas teams, but you know, any of Minnesota's out on an Island cause they're really geographically would make more sense with the, the teams in the Eastern conference, but then, you know, so if they ever just add Seattle back, I think they should probably move Minnesota back to the Eastern Conference. Yeah. So, you know, you look and you go, okay, the Pacific Conference makes sense, or the Pacific Division. You get the two LA, the four California teams, basically, and then they add Phoenix. And then the the one division of the three Texas teams, Memphis and New Orleans, makes sense in a bubble. But you wonder, well, why have those teams and not Oklahoma City? And then you get the real hodgepodge division, which is Utah, Portland, Denver, Oklahoma City and Minnesota. So, you know, it's it's sort of like and we don't have to delve into this today, obviously. But when we talk about our NFL um, expansion league episode, we did the basketball one a couple of weeks ago and we do that football one. There were a couple of years after the merger was announced, but before they actually did the merger where there were 16 teams in the NFL and some of these divisions, there was like the coastal division, which was like San Francisco and Baltimore. And it was just you could tell they were just kind of making stuff up trying to figure out where to go with it but one last thing i'll say too is that at this point divisions in the nba mean next to nothing i, I have to look up the divisions in the east i kind of just remember them but in the west because any t- every website lists the standings just by conference the di- divisions mean nothing for seating for standings in the playoffs any of that really the only thing nba divisions mean at this point is in a full 82 game season you always play the teams in your division four times but there are you still play about half the other teams in the conference four times as well. So it really means almost as little as possible, and they really should just get do away with them at this point. But now the one thing I don't know, and again we're getting a little far afield here, but that's what we do here. Uh, well, the one thing I don't know is whether or not a division winner has to make the playoffs. They don't. Now, wow, because I remember when they finally said like, okay, the seeding, we're not going to even give the division. Because used to be the division winner had to at least get a top four seed. Yeah. But, well, but also if you were the four seed and you had a worse record than the five seed, you didn't get home court advantage. So you weren't the four seed. You were the five seed. Uh, yeah. But uh, when they got rid of that, finally, they said, no, there's no guarantee. Now, even go back a year or two, only seven teams don't make the playoffs. So for all five of them to be in one division would be crazy. And now when technically 10 teams make the playoffs, if you count the play-in series, mm-hmm. literally you'd have to have the five worst teams in the conference. <laughs> but no, they, they, they don't even mean anything for that. So, All right. So we got the Pacific, and I sit in Midwest, but it's actually the Northwest and the Southwest. Where do we want to begin? Well, do you I, have a preference? I wrote them out just using the the Northwest, that hodgepodge division that I mentioned with Utah and Denver and all those teams. I wrote them first, so I'd be fine with those. I feel like the the West, you know, where we kind of move as best we can from Central out to the coast and finish with the Western, the very West Coast teams. All right, so we got Utah, Portland, Denver, Oklahoma City, and Minnesota. And why don't you uh, choose first uh, whoever you want to start with and give me your starting five. I'm going to start with the Utah Jazz, um, one of my teams that I really enjoyed as a kid growing up. Um, We've talked about that before, and, you know, it feels like this is a good place to start. So I will give you my starting five with Utah. Obviously, there's two that do not warrant any discussion at all, and that's John Stockton and Carl Malone. But I went with John Stockton, Pete Maravich, Adrian Dantley, 
Carl Malone and Mark Eaton. We got four out of five. Okay, I'm gonna guess. Well, what, what what's the difference? What would your guess be? I'm gonna guess at this point. Do you already have Rudy Gobert in for Mark Eaton? Correct. Correct. Okay, and I and I can be convinced on that. Um, you know, Stockton and Malone really don't bear any debate. Maravich, I feel like gets graded a little too harshly because his pro career wasn't what his college career was, but he's still. To me, you'd have a hard time convincingly arguing anybody else over him in this category. And then Dantley, I think, also, you know, definitely goes in there. So the comparisons between Gobert and Eaton are kind of easy because they're both big time defensive mm-hmm. players. Gobert uh, has been a four time all defensive. Eaton was five for his entire career. Um, Gobert's made two all-star teams. Eaton only made one. Eaton led the league in blocks four times. Gobert's only done it once so far. But Gobert's also been all NBA a bunch of times. Eaton never was. I just want to look at their at their offensive numbers, at their scoring numbers. So um, but, but, but where's the points per game here? So Gobert 11.9 points uh, for his career. Eaton only six. So he's a better offensive player, even if defense is his strong suit. So I think I'm pretty confident in pushing for Gobert here. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, I think again, I probably just maybe wasn't I'm factoring in how long Gobert's been in the league. He's I mean, he's been on the Jazz now for eight seasons. So I guess I was maybe thinking he'd only been around four or five years. But yeah, in totality when you look, you know, eight seasons, mostly full seasons, um yeah, I, 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 you're right. I would, I would think it's got to be Gobert. So that's that's a change that I'm happy to uh, to go along with. All right, so I'm gonna go next, and I'm gonna take a team that's uh, in some ways kind of two different teams, and I'm gonna go with the Oklahoma City Thunder slash Seattle SuperSonics. They're they're one franchise historically until Seattle gets a new team someday. This and is I went- actually for a second. This was what I actually for half a second thought maybe I should make two different ones. I didn't, but. Just to to briefly, I I mean, Oklahoma City, having only really been in Oklahoma City for a little over 10 years or maybe, I guess, yeah, like 12 or 13 now, still has quite a bit of star power in that decade that, you know, you can argue a few different guys. But sorry to go. Go ahead. So and I have two of them. I went with Gary Payton, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Sean Kemp, and at center I had Jack Sigma. And we line up exactly. Um Durant, really, there is no question, to be honest. He, I mean, the 10 years he put up in, like, like, I guess he was a Sonic for one year, but the eight to 10 years he put up in Oklahoma City where he was, for the large portion of that, the second best player in the NBA. And then what Westbrook did after Durant left, kind of taking over the team, averaging a triple-double, what, two seasons in a row, which was the first time it had happened at all since Oscar Robertson, I believe. That sounds right. Yeah, so he and he did it two years in a row. Sean Kemp has become a bit of a punchline uh, for his actions, and he was sort of, while not the only one, he was the poster boy for the ESPN, the SI article all those years ago about having a ton of kids with a ton of different women. But on the court, just a really dominant player for for a, I don't want to say a long period of time, but more than a brief period of time. And then Peyton and and Sigma in the old Sonics teams in different eras, I think. Really hard to argue against any of them. 
other than Sigma, we don't have anybody from the one team that won a championship in 79. I looked a little bit at Dennis Johnson, who was the point guard, you know, obviously later went on to some great years with the Celtics, who was the MVP of the finals that year, but he was only on Seattle for four years. And obviously Westbrook's gone now. And, but he was, you know, Westbrook was a dominant player, was an MVP in Oklahoma city, which is not something that, um, that Dennis Johnson ever came close to. And then it's hard to argue with Gary Payton. He might be the, you know, the best defensive guard uh, in at least in the last several decades of the NBA, except maybe for Michael Jordan. So, yeah, he was on that team. I believe that went to those finals uh, and lost to the bulls the year the bulls won the 72 games. Yeah. Payton and Kemp were both on that team. So, so we've got sort of, there's been sort of um, they've made the finals, I think four times in their, history as a franchise and we've got one guy from the 79 team that we've got two guys from the 95 team or 96 team I should say and then uh, two guys from the OKC team that lost to the heat in the finals about 10 years ago so we are in complete agreement on that one where would you like to go next I'll go with Portland I went with Damian Lillard and Clyde Drexler as my guards and then I went with Clifford Robinson, LaMarcus Aldridge, and I did go with Bill Walton at center. Yeah, it's Walton's a tough one because he really, the guy, how many, he really only played like two or three NBA seasons where he wasn't hurt. He came into the league with Portland in 74. He, he only played, God, this is crazy if you look at his stats here. He, played 35 games his rookie year his 51 even the year he was the mvp of the league and the finals mvp in 77 he still only missed 17 games he only played 65 and then he got hurt in the 78 season which people always say that he was probably playing his best basketball ever when he got hurt in that 77 78 season and then for the next one two three four five six seasons hold on he played he misses a whole year then plays 14 then misses two more then 33 so in five seasons the guy plays 47 games and then with the Clippers he does a little bit more he plays 55 67 then he has that one year in Boston where he plays 80 games when it's championship etc etc but he was really good for those few years with the Pacers and so I do think that the fact that he was the star player and MVP of the league the year they won their only championship, I do think he belongs on there. I did not have Clifford Robinson. I went with Brandon Roy, a more recent guy, three-time all-star, all-rookie. Team didn't really do a heck of a lot as far as, you know, I'm trying to look. I don't even, they they made the playoffs three years with him on the team, but you know, Aldridge was, I believe Aldridge was on those teams too. But so not not anything really to write home about as far as winning and big moments, but I did kind of feel like he deserved it a little bit over Clifford Robinson. Well, here's why I push, here's why I'm going to push back on that. I gave Walton a spot despite a very abbreviated Blazers career because of injuries. Mm-hmm. Roy was the same way. I think he was only on the Blazers for four years and then, you know, had a major injury that really ended the the prime tenure of his career. The flip side to that is Clifford Robinson, who was on the team for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight years, um, played in every game 
or at least 75 games every one of those years. Yeah, he was only an all-star the one time, but they were also, you know, he was on the team that went to the finals. Two Aver- teams that went to the finals. Oh, the two teams that went to the finals, yeah. Averaged over 20 points a game for a couple of years there. Roy was a better player for a shorter period of time. I guess I just, for me, it was like I used that logic for Bill Walton. Could I have two guys on there who were really only on the Blazers for a couple of years? Yeah, I'll give you that. That works. So for Portland, Damian Lillard, Clyde Drexler, Cliff Robinson, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Bill Walton. I have to choose now between Denver and Minnesota. And I'm going to go with Denver, and I'm going to talk about Fats Lever, David Thompson, Alex English, Dan Issel, and Nikola Jokic. So I had Lever... Thompson, we agree on four. So can you give me, you had Lever, Thompson, English, Issel, and Jokic. You had Issel listed as a forward? Yes. Okay. So we're close. I had Lever, Thompson. I had Issel listed as a center because he did, he was listed as a center in there as well. Mm -hmm. And then my forwards, I had Alex English and Carmelo. I didn't have Jokic on there yet. Yeah, I mean, Jokic is doing some some big things in his first few years in the league. He, you know, people people are talking about him as maybe like one of the next big stars mm-hmm. of the NBA, and he really kind of exploded in the playoffs last year. Um, Here's the one thing I will say, and I, I would be willing to give you Jokic. I don't know that you can justify Dan Issel as a forward. He's listed as a center every year of his career with Denver. He was a power forward with Kentucky, but then he was with Denver. He was a center every year. Mm. Or he's listed on basketball reference as a center every year. He was with Denver. Yeah. Hmm. This is a tough one. How many years did Issel play? I mean, he was kind of like Mr. Denver Nugget, if I'm... He was with the Nuggets, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He was with the Nuggets for 10 years, starting with the ADA for a couple of years and then going over to uh, the NBA there until 85. Played a couple of years with, I guess he played, what, four years with Kentucky uh, originally. And his championship and his ABA... A lot of his best years in the ABA were actually his early years when he was not with Denver. Yeah, I mean, he still was averaging over 20 points a game almost his entire career until the very end with Denver. Pretty clearly their their best player here. But uh, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I mean, how strongly do you feel about Carmelo? I don't know if I should feel more strong. It's weird because we don't have a balance. You know what I mean? Like we're a little off because we have two guys listed in two different places. Mm-hmm. I mean, so what would you be looking to do? Put Jokic as the center and then put Issel and English as the forwards? Yeah. But your point about maybe he was always just... Yeah, I mean, we've done the two-center thing before a couple times. All right, so if I were to put Issel in there as a forward, is it clear to you that Alex English should make it over Carmelo? Yeah, yeah. Alex, people don't realize because he played in Denver, Alex English was really good in the 80s for the Nuggets. And your assumption was that Wally Nugget Carmelo Anthony was not really good? I don't know if he was as good as Alex English. I'm not saying he's not, but you don't like Carmelo, so I think you probably didn't give him the look that he should have gotten. 
Yeah, maybe you're right. You know what? I, I'm okay with taking Issel off. I feel I feel strong enough about Jokic that I, I have to have him on there. So I'll give you Carmelo. So yeah, we'll go. Honestly, go if I had to choose between Issel and Carmelo, I'd probably take Issel. I just he wasn't. He was a center. Okay, that that's fair. I, I see what you're saying. I, yeah, I, I guess I don't feel as strongly about you as you was, especially when a guy did play some power forward. I don't feel as strongly about not having two centers, especially because we'll we'll do it in the future. I think we did it last week a little bit as well. Not not much, but a little bit. So, but I'm I'm fine with that. We'll go Fat Sleever, David Thompson, Alice English, Carmelo Anthony, and Nicole Jokic. Okay, so that leaves us to round out the division with Minnesota, which let's just be clear is not a very proud, well, I don't want to say it's not a proud history. There's not as much there. They've only been around about 30 years. To be very honest, everything since 2005 or 2007, I guess, when Garnett left, there's really been almost nothing to hang your hat on. With that said, here's mine. I went with Ricky Rubio, Sam Cassell, Wally Zerbiak, Kevin Love, and Kevin Garnett. I'm with you on four out of five. I did not have Rubio. I had, um, again, I did it a little bit different. I had I had Garnett at power forward, and I had Cassell, Zerbiak at shooting guard, Garnett, Kevin Love as a four, and then Carl Anthony Towns as the center, because I think he is and is going to be pretty good for them. Oh, so. I would. I would have him on the list as well. I mean, it, I just, let me look at this. Da, 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 da. And for the record, that's exactly what ESPN did. I think you can consider Love and Garnett as two forwards. Cause I mean, Love shoots threes. He, it's not like he's not a, you know, and I think Garnett is enough of a. Truthfully, Garnett was listed as a power forward the whole time he was in Minnesota. So you're right. So you, you took, who'd you take? What, what did you do exactly? You didn't have Rubio? I didn't have Rubio. I had Cassell, Zerbiak. I think, you know, and Zerbiak, I think maybe more of a three, but I kind of, um, well, you know, he's not listed as a shooting guard at all. Well, why don't you just take Zerbiak off and go with Love, Garnett, Towns, Cassell, and Rubio? Yeah, I guess I don't really need. When he, fi- when he finally got healthy, Rubio was did have some good. And we're only arguing, really, we're arguing... Ricky Rubio gets Wally Zerbiak at this point. Yeah, Rubio was only on the team for five or six years. Um, you know, because of the positions, I guess I can do that. I, all right, I don't love it, but I'll take Zerbiak off and put Ricky Rubio on. So we got Cassell, Rubio, Garnett, Love, and Carl Anthony Towns. Quite the front court. Yeah, it's a much better front court than it is a back court. <laughs> All right, uh, so that's uh, that's the Northwest Division. Do we want to go to the Southwest Division next? Yeah, sure. Let's go to the Southwest Division. So just for everybody who knows, you got the three Texas teams, which is San Antonio, Houston, Dallas. You got Memphis, which also includes their brief run in Vancouver, although I'm not sure how much Vancouver is going to be uh, in play here. And then we have New Orleans, which when we once again, we'll have to hammer home how confusing this is going to be. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Orleans have the history of the New Orleans Hornets and the New Orleans Pelicans. They're not going to have the history of the Charlotte Hornets 
even though they did at a time. And then when we get to the, or when we did the Charlotte Hornets, they had the, well, we already did Charlotte. We don't need to explain that, but New Orleans is basically just the New Orleans Hornets and now the Pelicans. All right. So why don't we, I'm going to save, let's maybe save the, the two Texas teams, the three Texas teams for last. And let's do Memphis and New Orleans first, if that works for you. Sure. So for Memphis, I had Mike Conley, Shane Battier, Pau Gasol, Mark Gasol, and Zach Randolph. And I know Battier is not a shooting guard. He's more of a small forward. He is a small forward, but the pickings were pretty slim here. So I didn't know where else to go. So what I did is I went Mike Conley. I went Mike Miller, Rudy Gay, and then the Gasol brothers. All right. I feel like Randolph has to be on there. Because he's one of the few guys who actually made an all-star team with the team. He was on the team from, uh, he was a two-time all-star, both times with Memphis. He was there from 2009 until 2017. They went to the playoffs a couple of years with him. I mean, it's not hard to make the playoffs in the NBA. But yeah, I'm looking here. They were in the playoffs with him. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Not that there are a lot of great grizzly teams, but the ones that were decent that were in the playoffs every year were the ones that he was on and he was a leader of that team. So I do feel like Zach Randolph has to be on there. And, you know, even they went to the conference finals one year, 2013, who would they have lost to? That would have been uh, one of the, one of the San Antonio years. So, you know, a good team. I do feel like he has to be on there. So then we're talking. You had you you said you had Mike Miller and Shane or Mike Miller and Rudy Gay. Yeah. All right. Well, let me take a look here. Um, are you okay with Randolph? I'm okay with Randolph. I just which Gasol brother are we taking out? Uh, you know, I wouldn't take a Gasol brother out. I I'd, I'd take both of those. I would ditch Battier. Would be my thought. You know, Mike Miller is listed as a small forward and shooting guard, and he was, you know, he was a shooter. That was his yeah, that was yeah, his claim to fame. Guard, yeah. yeah, so I would say maybe let's go with let's go with Conley. Conley actually who just made an all-star team for the first time this year with Utah at like 34. So I was happy for him, happy to see that. But let's go maybe we go with Conley, Miller, the Gasol brothers, and Zach Randolph. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's and, you know, that's actually a pretty good team for a team that hasn't been around very long and, you know, is not mm. considered to be great. I mean, the two Gasol brothers who were traded for each other, it's weird that for how long the... And they didn't... Did Pau Gasol go back to the Grizzlies at some point? No, no. They were never actually teammates. I know they, they got, were teammates. But I don't think... No, because I think after the Lakers, didn't he go to Chicago... And then he was in... Yeah, and then he was a spur, and then he was with Milwaukee. But it's funny for how long... Well, then he was on the Raptors team that won the championship two years ago. It's funny for how long they had one of them, but, like, never at the same time. Yeah, that, exactly, exactly. Um, and and I, sorry, I misspoke there. He, Of course, he was not on... That was Mark that was on the Raptors team. Yeah. He, he closed out his career in... He went from the Lakers to Chicago to the Spurs... That was when the Spurs had just decided that they wanted to try and bring in every old player they could possibly get. And then he spent his last year, he played three games with the with the Bucks a couple of years ago. Yeah, so that's that's good there. Do you want to give me your choices for the New Orleans Pelicans? You've already explained the 
craziness of the franchise. You want to talk about the talk about who the players are? Chris Paul, Drew Holiday, Tyreek Evans, David West, and Anthony Davis. Okay, so I had three of those. I think I had the three you might imagine. I had Paul, I had West, I had Anthony Davis. Who was your shooting guard again? Drew Holiday. You had Drew Holiday. All right, let me take... I had Baron Davis. I don't know how strongly I feel about this, to be honest with you. And we're obviously talking about guys who weren't there very long. You know what I mean? It's... This is the slimmest pickings of any of them. Baron Davis, three years in New Orleans with the Hornets. One all-star game. Led the league in steals one year. Did he As a point guard, I feel like the playoff thing plays some role. Made the playoffs a couple of times. Let me take a look at the resume of drew holiday um there about seven years just left last year to go to milwaukee you know i'll let you look it up but yeah i, I can give you that I, I can take that and then your other your your small forward was who again tyreek evans i had gone with ingram i had gone with brandon ingram who is he's only been on the team two years and Evans was only on the Pelicans for three plus years, so it's not, you know. Yeah, maybe we take Ingram just based on potential. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm like I said, I'm not. Uh, I don't have a lot of interest in arguing very passionately about Tyreek Evans. So <laughs> Ingram on there. All right, so Chris Paul, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, David West, and Anthony Davis. Yeah. All right, so hopefully it gets a little easier from here on out. We got three Texas teams. Uh, I'm going to start with the Houston Rockets. Okay. I, I had Calvin Murphy, James Harden, Rudy Tomjanovich, and then this was one where I felt like I couldn't escape going with two centers. I had Akeem Olajuwon and Moses Malone. I did the same thing. The ESPN one put Tracy McGrady on there and left Moses off. But, you know, it's not hard to imagine the two of them, one of them being a power forward, and that would be Moses. And then having Elijah Wan as the center, you know, Harden gets left off the Oklahoma City Seattle team. But here, the run he had with Houston, and I'm sure Rockets fans at the moment are not happy with how it ended. And also there were some blown opportunities. They were up 3-1 on the Warriors the one year, but he clearly makes his way on the team. Moses won an MVP there. Elijah won with the two championships. Rudy T, when you look at, you know, the rest of them, I guess you would argue whether it was McGrady or Rudy T, but I, I went with Rudy T. Yeah, I guess we shouldn't, shouldn't reopen an argument that neither one of us had, but I'm, I am sort of questioning going with Tom Janovich over McGrady, keeping in mind that it's something that we both did, but, yeah, we both did it. I don't know if I had to look at it again, I might feel differently because I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I was thinking there, but you know, don't want to don't want to reopen the ballot here. So his whole career, except his rookie year with Houston, he was an All Star five out of six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wonder, was 77, 78? Was that the year he got? Or no, that ended. That end his career when he got punched. No, he came back. He came so, back. I- I'm guessing that was 77, 78, where he only played in 23 games and didn't make an all-star team because he 
his face imploded, you know, was an all-star team all of those years, a 20-point scorer almost every one of those years. The Rockets were, he was on the team his last year that got to that championship and lost to the Celtics, although I think they were under 500 that year. That was the Moses team. That was the team that he was the MVP. Yeah, so meanwhile, McGrady, I haven't looked up McGrady's numbers, but may as well do it just to be thorough here. Stats... I think he won one scoring title with the Rockets and one with Orlando. No, actually, both his scoring titles were with Orlando. I skipped the, I accidentally left the C out, so it just said M. Grady stats when I looked it up, and it was giving me Mike Grady from the early 20th century in baseball. <laughs> so, yeah, McGrady was a Rocket for, what, five years? I'm not even going to count. He played six games the one year. So he was a Rocket for five years, uh, was an all-star the first three years he was there uh, you know really good scoring totals but um you know it's a question of was Tom Janovich just there longer and you know he was an all it wasn't like he was just a role player he made a bunch of all-star teams and I'm sure subconsciously for the people who put together these lists there's a slight bias towards the fact that he also was the coach that won the team it's two championships that you know only championships have ever won so yeah i'm comfortable with that so that would be calvin murphy james harden rudy tomjanovich akeem elijahwan and moses malone and now it is on you to pick your texas team i'm gonna go with san antonio and honestly this has got to be the easiest one okay parker ginobili gervin duncan robinson yeah, that was me too. Troy, Troy Parker or Tony Parker. God, uh, Tony Parker, Manager Nobly, George Gervin, Tim Duncan, David Robinson. The only one that maybe you'd hesitate a little bit would be maybe Gervin. I mean, Kawhi did do some good things late in the career. Was Kawhi, Kawhi was the MVP of that last finals they won, wasn't he? That sounds right. Yeah, I guess I didn't even probably think enough about him, but... The only the thing that I actually thought about for half a second is I was like, Manny Ginobili never started. <laughs> yeah, I thought of that too. <laughs> Starting lineup is a little interesting. Popovich always liked to use him off the bench. Uh, yeah, it's just Kawhi Leonard would have been strong consideration. The ESPN one had the same ones we did, and just they said like his you know longevity wasn't enough to quite overtake Gervin. You know, and obviously that's sort of subjective. Do you want to go for a guy who was there a couple of years and was you know dominant, or a guy who was a little bit longer? And I think just also to me. The fact that up until the 90s, basically, George Gervin was the best player in Spurs history for the first 25 years of the franchise. I kind of counted that as well. There's something to be said for that. There's also something to be said that the guy might be the best pure scorer in NBA history or one of the few, at least. So I'm with you. All right. All right so we wrap up Texas and we wrap up the Southwest. We go with Dallas. I hate my Dallas team, by the way. So I'm glad you're going first. Yeah, I wasn't I didn't feel great about this either. I went with Steve Nash, Rolando Blackman, Mark Aguirre, Dirk Nowitzki, and James Donaldson. So we agree on obviously Dirk, you said Mark Aguirre and Rolando Blackman, right? Yep. All right. So we agree on three. I probably I put Derek Harper on there over Steve Nash. I'm looking at Steve Nash's numbers now. It's, I mean, we, I did this a couple of weeks ago, like we said, because we did the East and West. We thought we were going to do them a little closer together. I guess in my head, I just didn't know if he was with Dallas long enough. He was only with Dallas, what, one, two, three, four, five. I was with Dallas for six years, so maybe I'm not giving enough credit to the time spent in Dallas. Didn't 
made two all-star teams at the end of his, his run in Dallas. And then obviously with Phoenix is where he really shot into the stratosphere. I'm going to look at Derek Harper's stats to see if I can legitimately make this case. I'm starting to already talk myself out of it, but um, let me pull that up. And that might've been a little Derek Harper was later on the Knicks bias. Um <laughs> I'm gonna see what I'm gonna while I'm pulling that up, I'm also gonna see what ESPN said just to sort of, you know, see how they weigh in. And they actually they see they cheated though. They made three they put three guards in there and they actually Nash wasn't even one of their three guards. They went with Derek Harper, Jason Terry, and Rolando Blackman. Yeah, I, 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 Terry was on the team for a while, and you know, I mean, he had a really good finals too that year, I think. He was, yeah. I remember thinking he maybe should have been the MVP of that finals. So Harper was with Dallas for 10-plus years. Uh, well, he actually went back there in 96, 97, too. But Harper was Harper was never an all-star. I, I'd be fine with going with Nash. Most of those Dallas teams he was on stunk. Yeah, I, I, I'd be. And also then Nash is a, a nod to those early Dallas teams that were, you know, very just started to be good. All right, so we're, you're with me on Nash now, and we got Blackman, we got Aguirre, and we got Dirk. Who is your center? Who was your center? Your center was Donaldson. James Donaldson, yeah. Donaldson. Let me look and let me see if I even want to go down this route before I I look at James Donaldson. James Donaldson was a maverick for what? How many years here? One, two, three, four, five, and a piece of the sixth year. Was an all-star in 87, 88. Bear with me, and you you might understand why I'm hesitant to say what I'm about to say, and why I wanted to go with, why I want to cover my bases before I say it. Because, trying to think of who you would have gone with here that you're embarrassed to say. Well, I will. What I will say is the guy was on Dallas for longer. Uh, he he was he spent one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He spent almost ten years with these guys, but he wasn't. Yeah, let's go with James Donaldson. Who did you have? I wrote Sean Bradley down. Yeah, no, we probably can't. No. <laughs> That's, I mean, he was on Dallas for 10 years, and I definitely saw it somewhere else because I, I wouldn't have put him on there if somebody else hadn't at least mentioned it. But yeah, James Donaldson is fine. All right, so Nash Blackman acquired Dirk Donaldson. We are on to the Pacific, and these, these, this is going to feature some teams that have been around for a while, so this will kind of resemble some of the conversations in the East a little bit almost. So uh, it's your turn. Why don't you go ahead and pick? All right, so we're picking between the two L.A. teams, Phoenix, Sacramento, and Golden State. Let's go with Phoenix just to because they're probably the ones with the least. They definitely are the ones with the least history. Well, the Clippers kind of as well. But I was starting with Phoenix. I went with Steve Nash, Dan Marley, Walter Davis, Charles Barkley, and Amari Stoudemire. All right, we have three of those in common. We kind of we we were different in the in the ordering, I think a little bit of the positions. So, I obviously had Nash. Mm-hmm. My shooting guard was Walter Davis. Okay. Who was on the team in he was known as Greyhound because of his speed. He was on the Spurs, I'm sorry, the Spurs. He was on the Suns from 77 all the way to 88. So sort of just before they got decent. He was on the he made six all-star teams. He um two-time MB all NBA, um, rookie of the year in 78. So I had him as my shooting guard, 
And then, because you said you had Marion also, right? I did not have Marion listed. Okay, so I I had Marion as my small forward. Okay. Let me look at Marion here because I'm not, maybe I shouldn't be as in love with him as I am. Um, yeah, I mean, he had some good years too. The thing with Marley is I just don't think it lasted that long. So I just, how long was he actually on Phoenix for? Uh, he's got kind of a similar type of thing, and he was on that team, which is probably their best team ever. And then my center was Alvin Adams, who was on the team in the 70s. So we're kind of like, we have a lot of the same guys, but we're kind of on the positions. We're sort of, yeah, Al, you know, Adams, he, he's, I guess maybe I took him because he was a pure center, but you're more comfortable moving, um, moving Stoudemire to center. Stoudemire was listed as a center most of the time he was with Phoenix. At okay, least so um, read me your five again. So my five were Nash, Dan Marley, Walter Davis, Barkley, and Amari Stoudemire. You you said you had Walter Davis as a shooting guard, and then Marion in. So in effect, Marion instead of Marley, and just flipping positions, which I can live with. Yeah, um, it would be the shooting guard, and then Marion would be the small forward. Yeah, and then well, that leaves Barkley. Barkley's definitely a power forward. No, I just I didn't have Barkley. He won an MVP. He took them to the finals. I know longevity wasn't what you might be looking for, but so you're not saying Stoudemire, Stoudemire belongs on a team. Yeah, no, I had Stoudemire. Okay, okay. The guys I didn't have that you have were Marley and Barkley. I actually, it's funny because I actually really liked that 93 team. I didn't have anybody from on it on my, on my roster. Um, you know, maybe in the interest of karma, because we kind of, we gypped Barkley at the last minute last week when we mm-hmm. took him, uh, we took Dolph Shays over him. I'm good with Barkley. So Steve Nash, Walter Davis, Sean Marion, Mari Stoudemire at center, and then Charles Barkley at power forward. That works as well, yes. All right, so it's my turn. I'm going to go with the Sacramento Kings. This is a really interesting one because you're talking about a franchise whose best years ever were almost 75 years ago. Several moves away. Three cities ago in the thriving metropolis of Rochester, New York. So for those who don't know, they, well, they actually were one of these teams that started way back in the, uh, the, I guess what it would, that would have been the, uh, not the BAA, the, uh, the, the NBL days with the Rochester Seagrams named after a whiskey. And, uh, then they became the Rochester Royals, which is where they won their championship in the early fifties. I think that was 51. They won the championship. And then, on to Cincinnati to be the Cincinnati Royals. Then they did something that no team in any sport that I know of has ever done for, for, for three seasons, they were the Kansas city Omaha Kings. So they were back and forth between two different cities. And then they were the Kansas city Kings and now the Sacramento well, Kings. The, the Tampa Bay Rays keep are threatening to try. <laughs> 
But that's external events, not just sort of by design. But you can listen to our episode on that, by the way, on the history of sort of NBA relocations and expansions and alternate leagues. Uh, we did an episode about that about a month ago. So you can find that in the archives. And you can also listen to our Tampa Bay episode in the archives where we talk about uh, the Tampa Bay Rays and uh, all the other Tampa Bay sports, which is sort of on top of the world right now. Um, so that all said, I actually did not go that far back. I didn't, I was tempted by a couple of guys from those, those early fifties teams, but what I went with was Oscar Robertson, tiny Archibald, Peja Stojakovic, Jack Twyman and Jerry Lucas. So we're similar. Um, I have Robertson and Archibald in the backcourt, Jerry Lucas as the center. I also had Jack Twyman played those first couple of years in Rochester and then was with the Cincinnati teams after that. Instead of Pedro Stojakovic, I had Chris Weber. Mm -hmm. I think Chris Weber is the best player in that, that franchise has had since they've been in Sacramento. He was the best player on the best Kings teams of that run. He's probably the best player in NBA history to never play in an NBA finals, which is interesting. Got screwed out of playing in an NBA finals. So I went with Weber instead of Stojakovic. But other than that, we agree. I mean, there's no debate on Robertson. There's no debate on Lucas. I don't think there's too much on, on Archibald. So I think really we're debating Weber against Stojakovic. Yeah. I think the reason why I went with Stojakovic is because I felt the need to respect the positions at least a little bit because I've been doing none of that until now. No, I mean, we've done a little bit, I guess, especially on this team, because you got two point guards and then basically three power forwards. I guess Jerry Lucas is a, is a center slash power forward. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I guess I can go with Weber. I'm not. I like Pager because I think you got to ha you'd have at least somebody who was a two slash three on that team. But I don't love Pager enough to feel like he's got to be on there. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I just don't know that that's good enough to keep Chris Weber off. You know what I mean? It's it's a fine argument. In but Weber was a what a four straight all-star games with Sacramento lifted them up from being a moribund franchise. And if you're talking about those teams and you have to, the two guys in my head who spring to mind as being on those teams are Vladek Divac, who's not, doesn't have a case here. And Chris Weber, those to me are the Chris Weber Kings teams. Yeah. So. He was the best player on those teams. Yeah. There's no question about that. So, All right, yeah, that works. So we went with uh, Oscar Robertson, Tiny Archibald, Jack Twyman, Jerry Lucas, and Chris Weber. I believe it is your turn to choose between Golden State or one of the L.A. teams. I'm going to go with the Clippers just because the Clippers have the least history of that um, era or of, you know, of the three that are available now. Clippers obviously started in Buffalo as the Buffalo Braves. I went with Chris Paul, Randy Smith, Danny Manning, Blake Griffin, and Bob McAdoo. And Manning was a stretch, but I wanted to fit him in there because he was the first Clipper I ever really knew. So I'm with you on four of five. I did not have Manning. I had DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, and that's... As the center? You had DeAndre Jordan as the center. Correct. 
and then McAdoo as a power forward and then Griffin sort of, you know, you know, again, we're a little bit power forward heavy here, but that was the direction I went to. And I feel like Griffin Mm -hmm. can play. I don't know. Maybe is, is, is sort of considering him a small forward. Is that a little bit too out of position for Griffin? I I don't know. I, I, I would be okay with it. I would be okay with the front court of, Griffin, McAdoo, and Jordan. You know, McAdoo won an MVP with the team when they were in Buffalo. So I don't, I don't love Danny Manning enough to bump any of those three guys off. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I'm looking at Jordan here. He was he was only an All Star one time when he was with the Clippers, but he was there a very long time. And I don't put as much stock into the All Star thing, especially if you're, you know, because if you come in a if you're in a position that three other guys are really good at in the, you know, in the same conference. Let me just, I just want to look at Danny Manning's stats one more time to make sure I don't have a full throated defense to make. Yeah, it was not a Clipper even that long, was never an all star. Well, it was an all star once, twice with the Clippers, it looks like. Manning, a better, much better college player at Kansas yeah, than yeah, he was. Yeah. No, that's fine. I, I'm not going to stand on ceremony there. So, so yeah, I'm fine with Chris Paul, Randy Smith, Blake Griffin, Bob McAdoo, and DeAndre Manning, or excuse me, DeAndre Jordan. All right, I am going to stay in the L.A. area here, and I'm going to go with the L.A. Lakers, which is obviously one of, if not the most uh, interesting one to get into here. And can I just say, right, this was a one that really frustrated me, but one position specifically, but go ahead. I think you're right, and I agree. Um, And here's the reason. None of the four can be... What we're going to talk about with centers here, none of those four guys can be considered anything but a center given the era they played in. If you're going to be strict about it, none of those guys can be moved to power forward. Yeah, I think we have to talk about how strict we want to be with this one because it's just so overwhelming. The elephant in the room here is that if you make a list, well, let let me just make a list here. We'll, We'll digress here for a minute. Magic, Kobe, West. Baylor, Shaq, Wilt, Kareem, George Mikan, and I may even be missing one. None of those guys, James Worthy even, none of those guys can be considered a power forward. Ten guys who were like all-time legends in the Lakers in their history, not one of them can be considered a power forward. So that's sort of the challenge when you're talking about the Lakers. I went with Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, Elgin Baylor. Stop at the guards. Magic and Kobe, there's no argument. We're going to both agree on that, right? Jerry West doesn't get to be considered along with Magic and Kobe. Agreed. Agreed. he's, he's He's obviously a great player, which is an understatement, I know, but it doesn't even really enter into the discussion when you're talking about those two. Yeah, and I'm looking. I don't know that there's any other backcourt for any of these other 29 teams that Jerry West wouldn't be on, but he's not on this. Sorry, I, just, I figured we'd kind of cut that and say there's no discussion with the guards. We can wall them off, leave them alone, and then before we get into the rest of this. So then I went Elgin Baylor, Shaquille O'Neal, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. All right. I went with Elgin Baylor. There was no issue with Elgin Baylor. He's the best small forward in Laker history. Elgin Baylor goes on the list. And I think we can agree that it's not, you couldn't do three centers. That's, that's a, that's certainly a bridge too far. Yes. So 
I'm going to skip over power forward for a second and just sort of set my thoughts. So when you talk about center, the Lakers have had four of the greatest centers of all time. Ironically, three of them, or maybe not ironically, not ironically at all, actually. Three of them didn't start there and came there later in their career, either at various points in their career. I had an easy enough time striking Wilt because A, he's already on two teams. Well, in a minute, he's going to be on two teams. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah, there's, there's only one team left to spoil, and we've spoiled it. But And he was on the Lakers, you know, a good, what was he, one, two, three, four, five. He was on the Lakers five years in from when he was 32 to 36. In 69-70, he only played 12 games. So he really played four full seasons with the Lakers. And especially his last two years, he was averaging – less than 15 points a game, less than 20 rebounds a game. Uh, when you look at, you know, what he was doing earlier in his career. So to me, you can strike him. The only argument for Wilt, and it doesn't, doesn't apply on a team as loaded as this, the franchise is loaded as this. The fact that he, him coming was what finally got them over the hump to win a championship. You can look at that, but you're right. I, knocking Wilt off is easy enough yes yeah for his like you know when you factor in the two other teams you know so then you're left with kareem shack and george mikan the thing i will say with the center with kareem if you're i'm putting kareem in now because we we're going to debate whether you take one center two centers three so whatever you do if it's only one it's kareem i would say shack was Absolutely dominant when he was a Laker. He played the height of his career as a Laker, but he was also, you know, when you talk about it, was in Orlando, still had big years left after that. I think Kareem played the largest majority of his career between the two of them with the Lakers. One, was he, he won five titles with the Lakers. Yeah. I, let me break in here on Kareem for a second. Kareem is so hard because it's so hard to compare his situation to anybody because he's just he played for so long his game was so different I mean can you imagine a guy like Kareem on a different team in the late 80s like not on a Laker team that had already won four championships or three you know three or four championships and that he had been with for over a decade can you imagine a guy like that on four, at 41 years old just running up and down the court for the Nets it just it it he only fits late in his career in the context of those Lakers teams. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I so he was with the Lakers, you know, from 75, 76 to 88, 89. All-star every year except one, which was his like third year there. Now late in his career, that was probably more about Yeah, 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 yeah. That said, he was still playing every game. You know, he played 80 games in 87, 88 at 40 years old. Mm -hmm. And they were going to the finals every year. So he's putting even more wear on his tires. And he won finals MVP against Boston in 85 when he was my age, 38. Yeah. So to me, Kareem goes on the list. Then it's a debate about, and here's why I kind of got frustrated with myself, because like you mentioned, I held fast to none of those guys can be forwards. But then I put Worthy in as my forward as a second, even though he's not actually a power forward either. And I admit I don't love that 
but I felt like I needed to take a stand here about none of them being forwards. Yeah, the thing is, let's say you had to take a guy who was, quote-unquote, a power forward. You'd either have to take Jamal Wilkes, who was a good player, but, you know, a very good player, Hall of Famer, but probably the third or fourth guy on those Showtime Laker teams. You'd have to go with Gasol, who, again, good player, very, you know, great player, but not maybe an all-time legend. Or you'd have to go all the way back to the 50s and take the guy who probably had the best Laker career and Vern Mickelson, six-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA, Hall of Famer, won four titles. If you're leaving Shaq or Mikan or even Wilt off the team, that just doesn't feel right. The other thing you could do, and you're maybe getting really cute now, is you could sort of make Kobe the small forward, put West at shooting guard, and then make Elgin Baylor the power forward because he's sort of been classified as both. But then it's kind of like, I don't know. This is just really, you can go in so many directions with this. So I I think you're right. And I think realistically to me, you could put Shaq in there and go Shaq, Kareem, and realistically talk about, you know, talk about guys who played the center position in a very different fashion so that's another way you could justify it. Yeah, Kareem, you can you can move Kareem out out from the basket a little bit and have him shoot his hook. Yeah. So I'm fine with that. I felt like we needed to at least mention that they're all in very different ways. They are all still centers, but then yeah, you're right. You're, you're getting a little too. It's almost like you'd find a way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in, in baseball, even if it was two first basemen of that caliber you'd find a way. You know what I mean? The only other thing you could do, and I don't think it's quite time for this yet. Maybe well, I was about to mention that too. You could go LeBron at power forward. Even though, yeah. It, it, not or LeBron at small forward and Baylor. You know, you could make LeBron and Baylor the two forwards. But the Le, I mean, LeBron doesn't even have Wilt's Laker career yet. A couple more years. If he has four more years with the Lakers and they win two more titles, which is not, and I'm including this year as one of the four more years. It's not unheard of. Think about the guys, and and it wouldn't even necessarily be for all of them, all of their career, but this final five here could legitimately be Magic, Kobe, LeBron, and then Kareem, and then Shaq or Baylor. Like, think about that. Like, just the names, you know what I mean? And then you put Wilt in there, too. You put West in there, too. You've got, even if you put Mike in a side, who's somebody who, you know, he's was great. By the era, he's getting screwed. I mean, he was the best player of that era, but he doesn't hold up enough against these guys we're talking about. Almost any other team, he would still be on that list. Oh, totally. Well, all that I'm saying is that even if you, you know, Mike is not one of the best 20 players of all time. All those other guys whose names I just list, Magic, Kobe, West, Baylor, Kareem, LeBron, Wilts, Shaq, all those guys are, you know, and it's not just happenstance. It's the fact that everybody wants to go play in LA. It's not, you know, it's not all just a mystery, but it is still crazy to think about 
how many guys who you would consider the greatest of all time have played on the Lakers. The only thing close is Boston. And even that you only really have a, you only really have a couple guys with the Celtics who could be considered, you know, greatest of all time, really just Russell bird, maybe Kuzi, but that's like, you know, so anyway, it's just a long winded way of saying that this Lakers franchise, there's just so many different ways you can go with it. That brings us to team 30. It does. And this, this is a pretty good team too. I would say. Well, the thing with, with them is you're looking at you're looking at the Philadelphia era teams. Then you're looking at, I mean, really just with the Philadelphia teams and this most recent team, that's enough. But then you also you know factor in the late seven or the mid seventies and 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 that title kind of, in seventy five. Yeah, and that kind of stuff. So ESPN basically just put what what ESPN did was they put Wilt with the Lakers or. ESPN put Wilt with the Warriors four of a couple of years ago of Durant, Green, Curry, and Thompson. Um, now, that's a little too simplistic for me, but that is what they did. Yeah, that's nonsense. First of all, Durant had some really good years with the Warriors, but he did not have a better Warrior career than Rick Barry. I think their argument was like, well, look at what that team did and then put Wilt on it, but I agree. It's it's not. And then Draymond Green, you know, he's, he's a really good player, but he, I don't even know if he's going to the Hall of Fame. I wouldn't put Draymond Green on anybody's pedestal. So I think it's your turn. Do you want to read your five? Yeah. So I went with Curry, Thompson, Barry, Paul Arizon, and Wilt. Five for five. I was wondering if you were not going to go with Thompson, but the other thing too is even again, I know it's all sort of how literally you want to interpret it, but putting that backcourt, you know, knowing Curry's on the team to put that backcourt there is, is, you know, to keep that backcourt intact, I think is, uh, is a factor. Curry's a point guard, but you could make him a shooting guard and you could maybe put Tim Hardaway in there. So I, I, I thought of that. Paul Arizon, obviously, he was a Philadelphia Warrior pitching Paul Arizon, who was sort of one of the first really good shooting forwards in NBA history, made the NBA's 50th, uh, 50 at 50 team back in 97. And then Rick Barry, a guy who still around, still doing broadcasts for the Warriors, even his older age, you know, the best Warrior player other than Wilt um, until until the, the modern era, the Curry years. Rick Barry is sort of the one guy who gets historically associated with the Golden State Warriors more than anybody else. They weren't really the Golden, well, they weren't at all. The I guess Wilt played what, like half a season, I think, in the Bay Area with when they were the San Francisco Warriors? Let me check. I know we recently did an interview about Tom Gola, and I know that's, and I, I was talking about, if we had done this 10 years ago before the most recent team, I could, Gola would have had a shot. I could have made an argument for it, but obviously that got totally wiped out. But um, yeah, because I what I was the reason I brought up Tom Gola is he did the same thing. He wanted to, you know, he gave it a shot for half a season in the Bay Area and then asked to be traded back. Yeah, Wilt played thirty eight or no, no, he, he played a couple years. I was wrong. He played a yeah. couple years, about two and a half years. Yeah, Wilt was there. 62, 63, 63, 64, and then half a season, sixty four, sixty five. I think part of it too was. Yeah, it had to have been more than half a season because if he left San Francisco that year, there was no Sixers. There was a year where there was no Philadelphia team. Yeah. And then he went to the went to Philadelphia. So he was with the Warriors for two and a half seasons in San Francisco. But yeah, not certainly associated with them. Of all the teams, 
the four sort of teams he's played for, if you count the Philadelphia and, and San Francisco Warriors as two distinct things, that's the team he's least associated with because he spent the least time there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, I think Barry and Paul Arizon, maybe not the two most intuitive guys you would think would be on there, but they, they both belong. You know, you could you could try and find a spot for Chris Mullen, but yeah, not not necessarily on the same level. So most changed from if you were going to do this seven or eight years ago. So, yes, I would. That is certainly the case. So Curry, Clay, Paul Arizon, Rick Barry and Wilt Chamberlain. Are we in agreement that the number one team here is the Lakers? I'm going to say the last two we did are one and two, I believe, because I think we did the Celtics and the Sixers as one and two in the East. The Lakers are easily number one. I guess the question would be, well, if you're talking about number two, just to sort of have the discussion. I mean, the only other team that I guess jumps out at me would be San Antonio. Houston's decent, too. Yeah. But no, I mean, would you have Golden State slash Philadelphia's two? Yeah, I would. I would. I definitely would. Lakers won. So we went Magic, Kobe, Baylor, Shaq, and Kareem. Probably not surprisingly, we end uh, with the Celtics and the Lakers. That's the NBA. I'm going to read the Celtics back just to... uh, Yeah, go for it. I believe what we had was Kuzi, Havlicek, Bird, McHale, Russell, right? That's exactly right. We had chosen McHale over Pierce. Yeah, that was because I, I, that was what I had written down, and I didn't have any cross out, so I thought that was what it was, but I couldn't remember if we didn't with McHale. So, to me, this isn't particularly close. Well, let let's do it this way: Magic's better than Kuzi. Mm-hmm. Kobe's better than Havlicek, and Havlicek is a you know a legendary player. But Kobe's better. Lakers are better than both Celtics there. Baylor and Bird, I'd give that one to Bird. Sure. Now, the fact that we cheated a little bit with the Lakers sort of gets you in trouble here. You're talking about Russell and McHale and Shaq and Kareem. McHale is at least a couple steps behind any of those three guys. And even if you would argue, which I might argue that given the choice between Russell, Shaq, and Kareem, I would take Russell over the other two. You know, Shaq and Kareem better than Kevin McHale by a by a long shot. Yeah, and, and if you are going to take Russell over Shaq and Kareem, it's tight. I, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think the winning with Russell kind of does it for me. 11 NBA championships when there's three other teams in the league. <laughs> One of them played in Fort Wayne. <laughs> Not to diminish it, but you know, I don't need to go on a tangent. It means a lot. It means less than it does today. Nobody would be able to replicate that kind of winning today. And if you want to say that applies to the Yankees for the 40 years the Yankees did it, that's fine too. That you know, It matters, and it's an incredible run. And it's you know, winning eight straight titles and 11 in how many years? 15, 14? 13. 11 and 13 is incredible and it could never be replicated today. And there's a reason it could never be replicated today because there's more than six teams in the NBA. I think there were eight most of those years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm barely exaggerating. Uh, Yeah. No, I mean, the analog to me has always been the Montreal Canadiens, by the way, with no free agency. 
Well, yeah, well, that's what kind of like we talked about last week about how some of these guys would have left. Yeah, I don't but like yeah. Montreal Canadiens because Boston fans are very much the French Canadian fans. But New England is very much the French Canada of America in terms <laughs> of attitudes and their own distinct language that nobody else wants to understand or particularly <laughs> would care to have explained to them. <laughs> but that's sort of the comparison I've always made. It's like, yeah, the Montreal Canadiens won you know, X number of championships. Yeah, but there were five other teams. to. It's, to- it's actually worse with the Canadians too because they got territorial rights to everybody in Quebec. Yeah, exactly. So, but- I mean, that's... But- but you yeah, know, all joking aside, the the winning matters. But there are plenty of people who will harumph that that's the only thing that matters. And it's like, okay, but you have to factor in the era then. So yes, it's it's it is close. But just how much you run up the score with the front court, with the back court, with the Lakers, yeah. You know, and the tenth best player on that list is Mikhail by a long shot. So yeah, no, it's the Lakers. All right, so uh, two weeks. 30 teams, uh, whatever 30 times five is, 150 players. A um, couple guys made more than one. I didn't make a list, but just kind of looking at it real quick. Wilt made more than one. Nash, Dr. J. Uh, bu- 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 who else? Anybody else that jumps out as making more than one team? I- I'm sure there were. A f- I'm sorry? LeBron. LeBron makes two. Carmelo made two bu, 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 bu. those are those are the ones that immediately jump out and Vince Carter made a couple that you know morning made two you know there's there's guys that there's guys that jump out as having made I don't think we had anybody make three it um, would have been wilt yeah now or it theoretically could have been LeBron well and, the, and what I'll say is both of LeBron's Cleveland tenures were enough each time. So theoretically, if it was split and it was LeBron's first Cleveland tenure and LeBron's second Cleveland tenure, he would be on there three times, but that's obviously not how it works. So looking real quick, a couple other guys that made two. Chris Paul was on two teams. Oscar Robertson was on two teams. So there there were there were a number of guys uh, who made it made it onto more than uh, Shaq. Um, well, I guess Shaq did. Yeah, Shaq made Orlando. Shaq actually is the one that maybe was the closest to making all three because you could make a strong case for him in Miami too. Yeah, you're right. Shaq probably is the closest to, to to three. All right. Well, we appreciate you all joining us for this two episode journey into the best starting fives in NBA history for each franchise. Thank you again, and until next time, I'm Dan Newman, and I'm Andrew Newman. Goodbye, old sports. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? 
I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.